I'm well, a fun you guy. You have fun when they finish below 500. I'm just Captain Fun. I guess. Or a captain suit, the show from now on. I don't like the half point. Well, that's called the hook. I don't like it. What the hook How do you get rid of it? Can you get rid of the hook? I'm going to have a coronary. I'm getting too old for this job, but you guys may have won. Upset. If you look back at where the term came from, it was from a horse race. Upset when did you turn into Cliff Clavin? I like this job. <laughs> I've had it for a long time, Paul. Last one. This is a chemistry lab. I'm on the verge of next year's Super Bowl. I can't help what I think. Be honest, Paulie. You're not doing this for <laughs> other people's entertainment. You are truly enjoying this. This is Orange Nation. With Stephen Fonte and Paulie Sebelia. Good afternoon, everyone. Glad to have you with us. Alongside Paulie Sebelia, I'm Stephen Fonte. It's a Thursday edition of Orange Nation. What are we going to talk about today, Paulie? Uh, the Padres. There's the World Baseball Classic, Steve. 315-437-7644. We want to hear from you. We've got Brandon Trish lined up. He's joining us at 1215. The voice of the Orange Map Park, 1245. Demetrius Nichols, 115. Uh, we also do expect an appearance from Dan from the Wildcat Sports Pub at 1230 since it is Thursday. And then we'll take your phone calls throughout uh, to talk about the last 24 hours and all that has transpired. Syracuse loses on a buzzer beater. There's kind of a cryptic post-game press conference. Is he retiring? Is he coming back? Does he want to come back? And then the university made it clear at about 5 p.m. last night that uh, Jim Beheim's 47-year tenure is over. Adrian Autry is taking over as the new head coach. We want to get your thoughts at 315-437-7644. I know the news broke as you were in the car, right, Paulie? As you were driving back. I got a text from Jordan that said, it happened. And I'm like, okay, tell me what happened. If you know, He knew I was driving. It was the most Riddler thing ever. But I guess I kind of can figure it out that that it happened. And what a poop show in the in the most uh, polite way of saying it. Just every what just, I can't even put into words how bad it was handled on both sides. Well, I, I can tell you from our reporting at Channel Nine, and we have confirmed this through sources and and confirmed Ooh, it through multiple sources, sources. that. It, and I think we all could kind of guess this, but it, it did not go down the way that they planned. Right. The university did not plan to make an announcement last night. The university made the announcement after the press conference and after the university was getting questions about, okay. is there a statement? What's going e- on? Even, even if that's the case, Steve, they handled it bad. Even if that's, that's the fair, case. I was just I just wanted to make that clear to everyone right. that that is that was not how they had laid it out there how it was going to no go. There's no way Jim Beheim should go into that press conference and do what he did. He should have said, "I'm going to talk about this game and my team. There's plenty of time in this week to discuss my future." Okay, that's a good way. I, I think I'm going to go into a PR thing. Syracuse University, after Jim Beheim does the wrong thing in the press conference, take a breath. It didn't force your hand. It, you just, you take that, you take that press conference, you know, they, they clearly had the, uh, the the notes that they set out done. Let the team get back into town. Sit down and talk about it. If anybody calls you asking questions, there'll be a statement tomorrow or later this week. Thank you. Right? It's it seemed like two kids fighting with each other, and it's a terrible way for this to end. 
Well, that, I mean, that's not the big story, and I, and I understand why we're talking about how it happened. And it, it, but obviously, the the news of it is that uh, after forty seven years, for the first time in my lifetime, Paulie, there is a new head basketball coach at Syracuse University. Yeah, mine too, Steve. Well, Almost. No, so, not yeah, quite. Yeah, yeah. You're, you're a smidge older than me. Yeah, a smidge older than me. But I, I am forty-seven. <laughs> it, but it went down the same way. It's staying in house. Yeah, Jim Beheim was the guy who was an assistant coach. Took the job. It's, it's all the Roy. Almost Dan- didn't get the job, if we yeah, remember. It's all the Roy Danforth, the the, the family tr- the coaching tree yeah, is right. moving on. Yep. Um. Man, there there is a lot to process. From what uh, I also don't like the way. Am, am I reading this wrong? Like I don't like the way they're talking about it. Like it's eulogizing him. Like, well, what would you expect though? After, well, he's still years? like I know, but just great coach. Thanks, you know. I can hear players talking about it, but like it's so it's so weird to read. Like it's got to be weird for him to see it too. Like he's you know, I don't know. I don't know how to uh, process it. It clearly was the plan, right? Yeah, I mean, Autry was going to be the. They, they had the release all set to go. It was it was the plan. It just, like I said, wasn't supposed to go down yesterday. Um, but I think but Autry's did. been the guy for a while. Yeah. I mean, it didn't. Take- 2017, he was named associate head coach. It, yeah. it makes sense that you would, uh, if you're going to go in house, you would go to the next guy that's that's waiting in line, and that's Adrian. Autry. And I don't I don't read much into it, but is I I was talking to people. You saw Red taking on bigger roles, like on the road, the 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 return of the shoot around. You, you know, we kind of talk about that. Red was the guy who was at the original return of the shoot arounds, and you know, and, you know, as we've discussed, we we knew it was a matter of you know when. It wasn't a matter of if there was going to be a transition of power at some point, and. You know, Adrian Autry was getting ready for this day, and uh, and his day has come. Now, you and I both thought there would be one more year, and I I think that you know the for a lot of reasons that uh, that did not happen. Um, but I think the plan all along was when Jim Beheim steps down or you know decides to move on or however you want to phrase it, it was going to be Adrian Autry that was going to take over, and that, and that's what's happened. Yeah. Um. It's I don't like I kind of it's bad for a radio show host to be at a loss for words at this point, but it's it was the most Jim the the way this year has gone the ending was picture perfect, just a weird uncomfortable situation, you know. It I I think they made the right choice in the guy, you know. Another funny thing is. Syracuse, the basketball team lost a heartbreaking loss, and yeah. nobody's talking about it. Well, yeah, I mean, it's it, it becomes a secondary story, obviously. It's Steve. You know what we can tell people is uh, at the begin. Was it at the beginning of this year? We had Red on as a show. Oh, when we were at, uh, we had those delicious pretzels. Yeah, Adrian Autry said, "I'm going to play man to man." So. What will our calls be about next year? <laughs> the zone worked. It was tried and true. Why are they doing that? Go back to the zone. Yeah. You know, so it's going to be interesting. The The other thing is, I think Jim Beheim knew that was his last game going into it if they lost. I think he knew that. 
it seemed like it. And, and I, I'll, let's even go back to Saturday, right, when he was – uh, when he took the mic from Jerry after the jersey announcement, I texted my boss after that, and I said that sounded like a retirement speech to me, right? And 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 it's funny because then he he alluded to that uh, yesterday in the post game press conference when he thanked the fans and he kind of waved them, thanks for all the support for so many years. Got choked up when he was talking about the 2003 team. Uh, yeah, I I think I think he knew that that this was it. The ACC tournament would would be it. Yeah, and I think he wanted to go out. A better way, and like he, I, I talked to him right after the game, and he got a little choked up in the interview I was doing with him because I think he knew that was that was it, and there's the announcement had to come in the next two days, right? It may have even needed to come last night because of the way college basketball is now. Kids leaving, you got to keep these portal. kids yeah. transfer portals coming, you know. So it also. Puts us in the position we find out if that good cop, bad cop thing works. You know, if what everybody says is the players don't want to play for Jim Beheim anymore, well, do they want to play for Coach Autry is the next thing we're going to find out. And it's interesting, too, because as we look at this roster, a month ago, who were the two most likely candidates to leave? It's Chris Bell and Benny Williams. And now they're now their position coach is the head coach. Yeah. And you wonder if that changes their minds at all. I think like I was leaning Benny's coming back once he got the starting position back. I, I thought that was a calculated move by them to try and get him to come back. Uh but does Chris Bell come back? Does the other thing now is does Red want Joe Girard back? Cause You've got yourself in a sticky situation with Taylor, right? You'd like I mean, him. Didn't even see the floor. You would yeah. like him to come back, and he's a, Coach Beheim said he's a two, and we just don't have a spot for him. Do they want the? Do they want him back, or do they want Joe back? Because you get Joe for one more year, and you potentially get Taylor for three. Three, right? Makes sense. Good questions. These are all good questions. Uh, let's go to the phone lines. 315-437-7644. Pat in Syracuse leading us off on the show today. Hey, Pat. Hey, guys. Uh, first things first, I think next year when I, I walk into the Dome and look around the court, I think it's going to go in order of who I'm sure I'm going to see is going to be Adrian Autry, Polly, and Matt Park. Other than that, I'm really not sure who else is going to be there. Um, this is going to get a lot uglier and a lot worse before it gets better. And um, I have been labeled as one of JB's uh, biggest critics. I can't tell you how disappointed I am with how this is handled. Jim deserves better. He is better. And uh, we don't have all the ins and outs to why it went down exactly the way it did. Uh, I am getting a lot of that information from different people. And the story will come out, and it's going to get ugly. It's going to be nasty. It's going to be giving you guys a lot of content so we don't have to hear about the Padres. That's for sure, Paulie. Um, what I will say is um, that game, as soon as it ended, even on the buzzer, n- no one could care less. It didn't matter, unfortunately. Uh, the the uh, news that came down and how it went down is pretty bad. And um, there'll be a lot coming out very soon. Uh, my question for you guys is, do you think the main reason, I believe the main reason that uh, they had to do this so swiftly, because like you said, Steve, right, they didn't plan it this way, but they had to, was that, A, they didn't. They weren't prepared that Jim was going to be asked the question that everybody knew he was going to be asked because 
I mean, Jim answered it as vaguely as he could. Um, and yet the universe is like, oh, crap, now what? So then they forced their hand, blah, blah, blah. And um, I think the main timeline is restricted because of the portal opening Monday. What do you think? I think that is a big part of it. Um, based on what I'm hearing, Pat, and I don't know what came first, um, so obviously the press conference happened. I, I'm told, and, and we've been able to corroborate this through multiple sources, that, that Jim Beheim informed the team yesterday after the press conference that he was no longer going to be the coach and that Adrian Autry was taking over. I don't know. I haven't been able to confirm whether or not the university said we're making it public tonight at 5, and then he told them, or if he told them and then it, w- it went that way. But the press conference happened. He informed the team that, that he was no longer going to be the coach, that Adrian Autry was taking over, and then obviously at 5 o'clock we saw the press, conf- or the, uh, press release. I, I do think that the portal has, yes, it, 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 it makes it so that if you're making a change, especially these days, if you're making a change and you know you're making a change, there's no reason to, to, to keep it to yourself. You might as well tell everybody uh, because you, you want to make sure that, that you get the, the kids who want to come back, you get them to come back. I mean, everybody on that roster is thinking about what their next move is, Paulie. You know, Judah yeah. Mintz, uh, is he going to test the draft waters? Joe and Jesse have a year left. Are they going to move on? You got all the, the young guys that, you know, do they start looking around? And, and so, yeah, if you know you're going to do this, you, you, might as get it, you might as well get it out there sooner rather than later. Yes, but it, it could have been today. It could have been today. Yes, it could have been today. And it just, it, I'm so, like, I'm angry about it too, Steve. It's like, I've been a big proponent of Coach Beheim. I I don't hide it. I'm the it could get worse guy. But all he had to do was what he's done a million times and just say, I'm not talking about that. Let's talk about my team, how proud I am of them. And then the univer the university can hold that press release two more hours. You just say we're going to send a press release out tomorrow at 10 a.m. I don't think Jim Bam was going to go there until he was asked, like the the pointed that question, question was and the coming. pointed exchange. No, I, I understand. And then he he tried to answer it, and then you know Donna followed up. And again, Donna and Mike doing their jobs. They ask good questions. They ask direct questions. And you know he has never been one to shy away from answering a question. No, right. So you ask a question, and I mean, he said this on our show before. He's like, I may not like the question, but I'll, you know, I'm going to answer virtually any question that's tossed my way. And so he was asked a question, and he gave a, a response, kind of a vague response. And Donna did the right thing and followed up, and Mike did the right thing and followed up, and we we got that awkward exchange because he wasn't going to he wasn't going to say exactly what was happening. And he, he made people guess. And then the university cleared it up uh, several hours later. We do have to take a timeout. We've got Brandon Trish set to join us. We'll talk to him next on ESPN Radio. Watch your favorite ESPN Syracuse sports talk shows on QSportsTalk.com. Welcome back to Orange Nation. Uh, the artist of the day, Aerosmith, they recorded Walk This Way with Run DMC on this day. Their only number one hit, Steve. Really? I don't want to miss a thing. This was a, a This. I think it's this, this one. Yeah. Yeah. This, really? this is their only number one hit. How about that? Uh, we are joined in studio now, as promised, by well, the voice of the Orange Map Park. One more Aerosmith I was looking at. It. Like None of their classic rock songs are huge hits. 
It's all the 90s stuff, like living on the edge, loving an elevator, that stuff. Interesting. You did your homework on Yeah, this is one. there anything else uh, interesting going on in the world that I, was, that I was looking up Aerosmith songs? Yeah, I know. When did you have time to do that? Um, all right, Matt, take us through, I guess, the how the whole day played out yesterday from your vantage point. And, you know, how caught off guard were you by, by the announcement at 5 o'clock? A little. I mean, we have to go back with the same premise that I think uh, some people are hitting on. It's not surprising when a 78-year-old person is no longer a major college basketball coach, except that they're at, what day is it going to be the finality, right? And so uh, we've known for quite a while, you know, it's going to be the end of this year or the end of next year, more than likely. How did that happen? I feel badly looking back on it that I didn't know more, which it would have take, taken someone cluing me in from the inside because um, – while I think we parsed the press conference itself at the time, um, I, I didn't want to. I didn't want to pronounce it one way or the other at the end. I just wish that while we were on the air for the last broadcast of his career, we were able to do some sort of summation. Then it just didn't uh, work out that way. So yeah, caught a little bit off guard. You're on the road. The season ends. You kind of you know the first thing I'm, I'm thinking of getting out of the building there is get uh, some fresh air and some sort of, uh, you know, bite to eat because we were starving. And then, you know, coming back from that is when the, the phone starts pinging even more about, you know, obviously it was already going related to the press conference and stuff, but uh, the finality of it and, and uh, his successor and all of that. How about the timing of it in that, you know, we've discussed this a little bit and a caller brought up the transfer portal and right now and whatnot. Um, how important is it if you're going to make a change to do it sooner rather than later so that, you know, the, all the players on the roster know exactly what's happening, who the coach is going to be. Just yeah, to, very, very yeah, important. Right. I mean, the, the timing is absolutely, at least, you know, in part, but absolutely related to the opening of the transfer portal, the perception that you may have a chance to retain players that would otherwise leave. Uh, that absolutely played a role in this. All right, we're going to get to some callers here in a moment, but I, I do want to get your thoughts on – you know, Syracuse going within the family and, and promoting Red. I think we, we all expected that to happen. Uh, you know, some of our callers and listeners were, were hoping there would be some big national search, uh, but they go with Adrian Autry. And, you know, I think Paulie and I believe it makes a lot of sense for a lot of reasons. What about you? I could make the argument either way. I think there's a couple different ways to approach it. I just think the second option there, the oh, big national search, this institution hasn't typically done that. Uh, so if, if you're thinking about, most predictable and where would you uh, place your chips? This was it. You're going to hand it off to the next guy in line who has the more advanced title of the the couple of assistants that you would have considered. And so for that, it kind of followed the course. All right. Uh, let's go to the phone lines. Uh, Dave in Syracuse up next on the show. Hey, Dave. Hey guys. Uh, first of all, um, in an event that, that should have been celebrated and lauded with, with, um, flowery conversation and everything. I went to bed last night with a pit in my stomach. I mean, I was sad. I even had trouble sleeping last night with the way this ended. But I have a question for, like, Paulie and a lot of the callers that came in. What would the university have done differently? I don't understand this criticism of how the university handled it. It sounds to me like, you know, I, I got a love-hate relationship with Jim Beheim. I, I mean, I... He's a hero to me, but he created this whole thing. I mean, and him airing out about not being asked to have some kind of a, a, a position at the university afterwards, 
uh, of, uh, in, the, in the athletic department of some kind. I mean, I don't think that's something you bring up in a press conference. And, and John Wildhack, to me, seems like the, one of the most respectful athletic directors that absolutely has all the respect in the world for all the legendary coaches he's had there, how he handled Desco, what he said about Jim Beheim and how much he's, he's earned the time that, that his decision to go when he wants to. I don't see John Wildhack um, forcing Jim Beheim out. So I don't understand the criticism of the university, how they handle this thing at all. And I'm trying to look at it from both sides. Well, this is what I said. I, 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 I criticized both sides in this. Jim Beheim probably should have handled his press conference better. And then it, it's funny, Matt's mentioned a couple times on the air that there was a sign in our hotel in Charlottesville where you should count to 10. <laughs> Before you do something, if you're angry, Thomas Jefferson Thomas said it, and I think that's what the university should have done. They should have at least waited till the team got home and maybe sat down with coach and you know. But who? It, it, it's happened, and it's it's not the best right. looking thing. Here's one of the things I, I view it. I mean, I think Jim Beheim is, and I could go on and on, is a person of contrast. I think he earned the right to go out on his terms, and I also think he's not one that was going to sit and listen. In other words, if you're talking, oh, let's sit down and have a meeting, he's not somebody who's going to want to sit and plot it all out. You know, my feeling among the things I've thought is, shoot, you had 24,000 people in the building on Saturday. That's what could have been your opportunity. But I don't think the head coach really wanted it quite like that. I do think he wants the bump. Certainly he didn't want to say the R word in the press conference yesterday. Um, if he gives up himself as retiring, then – whatever money he's due, he's passing on. I think he's too smart to, you know, to do that. Um, but I think, yeah, it could have probably been messaged a little bit differently. At the end of the day, I was just thinking about getting in the car, coming down to see you guys. Do we really remember how Don Shula retired? Or, I mean, I think you do. It's funny because I started to do it in, in the way of, you know, Joe Paterno and some others you do. There just aren't that many of these people who have gone on to unique things. If, if we're talking about one day out of, uh, his 47 years of, of being the head coach here, I think we'll, we'll yeah. get over it at the end of the day. As, as much as I am, I'm one who is into the image and the show and the presentation and the order of operations and all of that. Uh, it did not go as they planned. I think that suffices to say. Like, and I don't, Matt, maybe you can tell me if you agree with me on this. It, it didn't go down well, but I also don't think it's good. Like people in our chair saying this is going to get ugly. I don't think it will be. Where, I don't where, think. No. I don't. I don't no. think Jim Beheim will yeah. ever do anything. Not a chance to sully the reputation of this university, like vocally. No, you know? I think he'll. You know, from this point forward, I think he'll say and do the right things. I think he's obviously he clings to the job as he did for forty-seven years. You know, people don't do that, generally speaking, uh, with their jobs and their community. He talks about his love for Syracuse, and I, how about he got to say yesterday, "I got to stay in Syracuse." How many people that we all know, everybody knows, oh, I can't wait to move to Florida or to the Carolinas or whatever. I got to stay in Syracuse for all this period of time. He really does view it that way, and he's not going to um, upstage Red, I don't think, at this point. Yeah. I think, you know, starting tomorrow, I think there'll be some sort of time here where, you know, I personally, I want to download all the old stories from him and all of that, but uh, this will be a launch of Adrian Autry tomorrow. It's uh, you know a rebranding of the, the program in a modern era. Uh, Red has every right to, to go out and do his thing and succeed, and, and I think he will support that. Well said. Uh, let's get one more phone call in this segment. Uh, we've got Chad in Syracuse up next. Hey, Chad. 
Chad, you're on the air. Go ahead. Oh, Paulie hit the wrong one. Oh, Steven on. North here. Hold on, hold on. Who, hold who on. we got? Let's go, Chad. Pick, pick Chad. One. There you go. There Chad. we go. Now there we hear Chad. Well, well, well. All right. Um, just real quick, I'm not going to get on the a call and do the same thing everyone's saying. Everyone's bothered. It didn't go right. Uh, however you want to look at it, however it was in the back end, we'll never know. Even Matt doesn't know, you know, so whatever was going on in the back end, we may never know. And it is what it is. My thing that bothered me, you know, Paulie said, Oh, it just angered me. I was angry. I was angry in the very beginning of the game yesterday because it was like, we saw a hundred percent out of these players, especially Benny and Chris, like they were all over the place. And it was like, why? Why now are you playing like that? You know, and then you, you think back of him playing four minutes, Benny playing four minutes, and then getting sat, and everyone's like, oh, why, why aren't you playing him? Well, you got to play him more. Well, that's why. You know, if Benny's capable of playing like that, and if we got that all year, if we got Chris playing and actually getting rebounds all year like that, it's a different, it's a different season. You know, and, and, and it just piled on for Jim throughout the year to have to deal with that, to have to deal with criticism. I mean, halfway through the season, he's sitting there talking about, I've never had kids where I have to explain to him that they have to get rebounds. And then you look yesterday, and they were like, they were doing everything. I mean, Benny's first play, he ties up the guy, and he's ready to throw elbows. It's like, he never had that energy, not once this year. Even when he had big games, he didn't play like he played yesterday. He shot well at times, but he didn't have that energy. And Chris, he, he was playing okay early, but then he went to the same old stuff. And, and that's really, you know, that, that kind of piles on to the issue that nobody's talking about today. And, yeah, it was a loose ball, by the way, at the end. That would, would have been a huge critical moment because we had the arrow. So if we get a tie-up once somebody does have possession of that ball, we have the ball, and we probably win the game. Yeah, um, I, I can't argue with any of that, Chad. Uh, it, Matt, you're nodding your head. Your, your thoughts yeah, on Yeah, I mean, I, I think a lot of what he's saying is right. Uh, I, I also think, again, and it, it, we do this every day, right? But in the book of Beheim, we have to understand there's hyperbole, especially in recent years. Everything is the most this. I never that. I always – so – the fact that we really believe in 47 years he never had to speak to another player about rebounding, I don't buy that one second. But he did talk about effort, and uh, it is different with uh, the modern athlete and the couple that you mentioned in particular. I think the caller is, is right on. Um, it it would have been interesting. What had they, you know, people, what if they'd won the game yesterday? Yeah. Right? I mean, the, all of the behind the scenes stuff still would have been in place. Uh, it just it wouldn't have been the day to ask the you know what sparks that uh, sequence of events the other thing and i think it's natural for a player to play harder in an acc tournament game when it's your last 100%. one but they it, it, but it, it is frustrating that it could have been even if you were giving and it was apparent yeah. very early not literally at the jump of the game but very early that wake was going to do some things to take out joe gerard and jesse edwards so it had to have been somebody else and that's, you know, so the arrow points right at Chris Bell and Benny Williams. In that situation. There was something else that was said in that press conference that's kind of slid under the radar because of it. He, Coach Beheim looked right at Benny Williams and said basically why he was frustrated. Benny can do this every night. Yeah. And he's not, you know, that, like, that's why he's frustrated. Yeah, good point, Paulie. Listen, man, I don't know what your schedule is. Do you, do you want to sit yeah, through sure. another segment? Yeah, we, we, it, yeah. we love having you on. We, we do have to hit a timeout here at the top of the hour. We've got uh, some people on hold. Please stay on hold. We'll get you your phone calls next on ESPN Radio. 
ESPN 97.7 and 100.1. Watch live on QSportsTalk.com. Welcome back to Orange Nation. Paulie, Steve, Matt Park with you guys. Hour number two. I heard the Pro Bowler is uh, coming back to Syracuse, guys. I don't know if that's true or not. I'm just trying to talk about something else. Not today, Paul. Oh, not today. Not the time. Uh, let's uh, let's get more of your phone calls. Uh, Patty in Syracuse has been waiting patiently. Hey, Patty. Hi. Um, I'm going to come at this from maybe a little different angle. First of all, um, we've been season ticket holders since the late '80s, but I have we have family who are in Virginia, the D.C. area, North Carolina, and Georgia. And last night, after all this happened, we we kept on getting bombarded with uh, text messages or phone calls, and the basic discussion on it was, and other callers have made a comment about this, is that the way the university handled it. It was, I mean, I was 50-50, as was a lot of us, about whether he should go this year or next year. But I think the university embarrassed themselves, and to emphasize my point, my friend, one of the family members said that there was a big big article in the Washington Post by uh, John Feinstein down there, and then same thing down in Georgia and on uh, North Carolina radio, so, saying that why did they do it this way? My comment is, why couldn't they wait until the guy got home and do it today? Did they, did they release the announcement while he was on the airplane? That's what somebody asked me. That's... That's basically why I call. I think the university really has embarrassed themselves the way they handled them. All right, Patty. Uh, Just for the timeline, no. I mean, the timeline was more, um, we all knew that the team flight was coming home probably around, I could see when I got my text, but it was, we were still on the air at the end of the game. So that was probably at 2.30 or something. um, And it said, you know, uh, meal at the hotel at this time, dinner at 6.30, team bus at 7.30, and and so that's what they stuck to the rest of the way. The announcement was independent of that and, and came out at, at 5 o'clock. I think, you know, all those points are, are apt, and there's a lot of different ways that this could come. I, I think um, the head coach himself is culpable in somewhere in the in the timing of it. And in part, this whole idea of next year, I, I, I think if you'd, if you'd asked me yesterday morning what would you want to see, I personally would say, hey, here's the succession plan. He's got one more year. Let's have – and I, I'm into that last – again, I'm a, I'm thinking about the uh, brand of the university, revenue generation, et cetera. I'm, I would love to go into a game knowing it's his last, turn the court sideways, all those things that we've talked about, and really blow it out. The head coach has zero interest in that. So that wasn't really probably going to happen. Uh, even if you had one more year, it wasn't going to be a ceremonial uh, kind of year. Uh, I understand the the timing for the change now, and uh, will support you know just just how it went down. And I think from there it gets awkward. The press conference awkward. If they weren't prepared for that question, they absolutely should have been. I can't imagine that they didn't uh, think about it. I'm sure they did. But you know, you're talking about one person in front of a microphone. We're all in front of microphones all the time. Sometimes you don't express yourself 100 percent the way you want. He wasn't going to use the word retirement for the reasons that we've already stated uh he didn't come right out and say like he he made it 
murky. He didn't. Yes, my my intention is to coach next year. If if they don't want me to coach next year, they're going to have to step in. He didn't say that. He sort of implied that. Um, I think what he really wanted. We've always talked about this. How's it going to go down? I always thought he's going to walk away on like September eighteenth, and Red's going to be the next coach. We just always kind of thought that's, or maybe even you know. May 30, you know, Memorial Day or something, after he's had some time to think about it. But uh, at, at the end of the day, um, there were other forces that said, now it's time. And do you think that that's – I know we already touched on the transfer portal, but if this was four years ago, do you think that maybe it would have come on like May 15th? Uh, yeah, 100%. I, yeah. The transfer portal and the num- the volume of players that are eligible right now – and when I say eligible, of course they all literally are eligible – but, you know, Samir Torrance isn't going in the transfer portal. And some of the, those types, like, if you're further enough down your career and you don't, but when you have six freshmen and, a, you know, a sophomore, and that those types of people are the ones that are targeted in the transfer portal. They're absolutely thinking about that. And uh, so part of the timing has to do with, uh, I don't even necessarily want to use the re- word retaining, but let's say managing so yeah. that they, they find a way to, to figure out what the roster is going to be next year. You know, we do have the recent history, and I'm sure there's a little scar tissue associated with basically the entire women's basketball roster leaving. Well, that gave you a little bit of a preview of what could potentially happen here. Going back to the the issue of the timing also, like could they not have told the players and the players that they're speaking to in the portal that this is going down and then had like a, a press conference? I think that's possible. A- I I. Knowing some of the people involved and the way they they think, um, I I do think they fear leaks and stuff. And I I I think they probably just felt it was an automatic. Once the players know, then it's going to get out anyway. Let's let's put these wheels in motion. That's my sense of of how and why that happened. Um, I think it's fair to say some other things. Well, who cares if so and so puts a little something out on their Instagram about it? Uh, you know, we can still uh, control the message in a, in a different way. But, uh, you know, the most important thing right now, yeah, it is the mindset of the players and the recruits. I mean, they're the lifeblood of, of what's happening here. Uh, Adrian Octi is going to assemble the roster as best he can from uh, the available sources here. But you, you want to be able to protect uh, what you've got and, and field a viable team next year. Steven North Syracuse up next on the show. Hey, Steve. Uh, hi. Uh, uh, firstly, uh, it seems to me that the way the game ended was the way the rest of the day went. An off-balance shot, we don't get the rebound, and suddenly on the other end, boom, that's kind of what happened with uh, with, with Bayheim leaving. Uh, I look forward to next year's uh, first Adrian Autry show, and one of the things I'll be asking him is how, uh, we, we know he's obviously influenced heavily by Bayheim, but how is he going to be different in, in any way than, than Bayheim? And also, are the circumstances of college basketball and of the Syracuse program these days uh, such that people hoping that we're going to go back to contending for the national championship uh, are going to have to be patient because Coach Autry will face many of the same difficulties Jim Beheim did, and I wonder what Matt's views on that would be. Yeah, spot on. I think your analogy as far as the uh, end of the game fitting the rest of the day is that. I mean, that's and that's why we love sports, too. I mean, it, it stinks yesterday. You know, yesterday was... Uh, a rough day in a lot of ways. Um, the, the sudden ending to an otherwise – it was a great game, period. If you didn't have a dog in the, the hunt, you'd think this was an awesome uh, college basketball game to watch. It was very entertaining. Syracuse could have, should have won. Uh, the drama about how it uh, came down, the suddenness of 
not going to overtime, you know, and having five more minutes and then a, a shot like that, but literally uh, a shot in the final second uh, is fitting. We're going to talk to Adrian Autry tomorrow and, and get a sense of where his head is and, and what he's thinking about. People who work under Jim Beheim and anybody who's smart in their industry, but particularly here because I know from firsthand experience, Mike Hopkins, Adrian Autry, Jerry McNamara, Alan Griffin, others you can name, are fiercely loyal to Jim Beheim. That doesn't mean they're going to follow his exact blueprint. Uh, Adrian Autry learned most of what he knows. Not all, most of what he knows from Jim Beheim. Adrian Autry's closer to Jim Beheim than, for instance, the Seth Greenberg style, his previous boss uh, at uh, Virginia Tech. Will Adrian Autry play a different defense? You bet. Will he do some things differently, interact with the players differently? Absolutely. You know, they've got an off-season trip planned and some different things where they, you know, get going. It, there will be, you know, clearly older person to younger person. There will be new blood in the program. I, I see former players rallying around Adrian Autry. He, you know, deserves a, a shot at it here. He has, um, you know, a lot of things pointing and putting him in position to be successful. That being said, it is a different era. The idea that the Bayheim's best stretches should be what we consider the norm that's false. You, you just can't do it. I mean, I know you guys did the thing a couple weeks ago on the show. What's going to be better, the last 10 years or the next 10 years? You could spend a whole week on that and really think about it. Is Adrian Autry going to win 14 NCAA games in the next 10 years? Right. Well, Are you going to go to the Final Four twice in the next 10 years? We just did the you know, the grass isn't always greener. but Yeah, I don't like that expression for that situation. Grass is greener is about a person deciding do they want to yeah, leave or not. But I, 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 the, the cliche you want to throw in there is be careful what you wish for. Yeah, well, you hope the grit that Autry could keep the grass as green as it currently is because yeah. maybe not this year and last year, but yeah, I mean, you're not you going to get greener than what Jim Beheim did. Be, you, that's you, asking a lot. You strive certainly here for better than 500 right. seasons, which is is what's happened uh, here in recent years, and the tournament should be uh, more of a regular thing, and you don't want to always be on the bubble and and that type of thing. So th- that's where he uh, you know aspires to to improve the program, but it'll be done in a little bit different way. The NIL, I'm telling you, is a game changer. Some would say a game wrecker. It totally changes um, whatever you view as the equation. And you you think, oh, Syracuse has always been at this level and wherever, however high you put your hand up, it doesn't mean it's going to be that way uh, for the next little bit. NIL is where the game is going to be competed for, for the short term, at least until uh, whether there's a change there or something else is figured out. One more call, and then we'll get to D-Nick. Rob in Syracuse is next. Hey, Rob. Hey, guys. How's it going? Good. How are you? Just, good. Uh, just a couple points uh, for you guys I had here. Um, on your show, I think it was last Monday, I want to say, you guys had Wild Hack on, and the question came up about the future, and, and he stated um, that he would sit down with the coaches like he does after every season and go over with stuff like that, and that obviously wasn't the truth. So I, I just... I don't really respect, I don't know if it was a lie or things changed uh, from the time he said that, but as Syracuse fans, I don't think any of us appreciate, you know, the, the lies. Yeah. And, uh, that's, my, that's, that's my, a little my, strong. My, I, would, I would put it this way. John Wildhack's not coming out here lying. That, that, I'm sure, was his intention at the time. We don't know that they didn't have some, those, those types of conversations. My understanding is that there had to at least have been some sort of sit-downs uh, here in these uh, last couple of days. Um, so he wasn't he wasn't lying. Um, it may not have been literally at the end of the season after all the dust had settled, um, and the timeline may have been jumbled up based on you know it may have looked one way on paper and one way in execution. Uh, but John Wildhack didn't come out here and lie. 
All right, Matt. Uh, we appreciate you spending extra time with us. I, I just have one last question. I'm not sure you can answer it, but as we look at the portal and we look at who might be on this roster, who might be leaving, do you do you have a strong feel right now for who might be back next year? <laughs> it changes all the time. I, I think one player who had a great game yesterday we thought was gone. Anytime during the season, we thought automatically was gone. Now I'm not so sure. Um, I think there are players who want to hear from the new head coach that may have been out the door that now want to, okay, maybe I'm not so fast. Let's let's hear what the plans are. Um, I think there's, you know, recruits and different things that hang in the balance. I think the um, recruiting can go a lot of different ways. The one thing, we'll have more time to talk about Jim Beheim, but the, something that happened here recently that I, I just kind of wanted to point out because it was in the middle of all this, you know, people probably don't really care, but in the middle of all this going on, and he's just such an interesting individual. And I don't want to talk about him like he's dead. He's not yeah, dead. I, you know, so it feels, it feels like we're doing this. He's just not wired to interact socially like most of the rest of us do. So he has this, in a way, he's unlikable because he's not a warm fuzzy. He's a cold prickly, right? So I'm thinking about the family right now that a couple weeks ago at the radio show, he just snapped his fingers and bought their meal. Nobody, I mean, I'm not saying he needs to keep his job because he does that or whatever. Nobody knows he does that. And he does that stuff over and over and over. Brandon Trish, is he mean to the players? Absolutely. Some more than others. He's absolutely hard on the players. How many former players are guaranteed help with a job? Guaranteed a couple bucks when they need it. They all say that. They all do. I'm on a, you know, I've had a hard time, whatever. I call Coach Beheim and it's dealt with. He's got to get credit for that. Charity in our community, all that. It's not automatic. That stuff does. Oh, he makes a lot of money. He doesn't make as much as he would at another place. He gives a lot back. He raises a lot. Uh, he does the right thing, and I understand he's not a nice guy by the general definition of that, and, and you might not have had an interaction, but you come out to the radio show, every single person gets the autograph they want. Every single person gets a picture. Like I said, family just had their entire meal check picked up just, just because he did it on a whim. So I hope people recognize that, uh, treat him with with that respect here at the end well said um i spoke with gene waldron last night and he echoed those comments he and he got choked up talking about how he said anytime i need something he said i went through a time in my life where i needed you know needed somebody's help coach was there for me and the, and you're right it, it, it's it's it, we went the banquet in a, screw the break for a second i'm sorry Polly, but we went to the, the, the banquet the other night and i'm thinking man another season 500 not a lot of fun no quality wins uh, every single player that spoke and it wasn't just because he's sitting there they felt like the John Bolajak's story, we, I'm blown away at John Bolajak's story. I feel terrible that we haven't really told it well enough. I mean, the guy was saved by Jim Beheim, and he'll be the first one to tell you about it. Um, and, and Adrian Autry and these other guys do their role too because certainly the, the we talked about the good cop, bad cop dynamic and and uh, the recruiting coach builds the relationship with these guys and goes to their hometown and, you know, whether that's uh, Slovakia in the case of Marek Dolezal or Africa or wherever. And so uh, Adrian will continue to build those things too. I, I think we all sit here on talk radio. I listen to you guys all, all the time, every day. I'm and sorry. we all, well, I know, but we all, <laughs> we could all bitch about what defense they play and this and that. I think you also have to understand that as far as the program is concerned, a real big part of it is relationship building, taking care of people, growing them up. So many people came back for that 03 event and you think, look at the jobs these guys have. Yeah. <laughs> Quest Wayne, who, you know, he was crushed, right, every day for four years here by the head coach, and you think, oh, he must hate each other. Quet Dwayne is the CEO of an international operation, right, and has two daughters. He may as well be Richard Williams. His two daughters are legitimate 
pro tennis prospects, and they're at IMG in, in Bradenton. Other people have gone on to play basketball at, at, and coach at different levels, grassroots. Aaron Winchell's a, a manager. Coach Beheim probably on senior night didn't even know his name. The guy's gone on, and he's you know worked in the pros. He's now the you know head of the Haitian Basketball Federation. So there's just a, a million of those, and uh, he deserves credit for that on a lot of it. All right. Well, we'll take a quick break here. We'll get D Nick on with us, and I, I wanted to hit one more. Like people also don't realize Wayne Morgan was an assistant coach here a couple years ago, just on the coaching staff in a position that didn't need to be there. Yeah, and he was co- just there. And coach brought him in because he was in a tough time in his life, you know? Yeah. So yeah, his it, wife was sick. And, yeah, yeah. Yeah. It's a, there's a million of those stories that you never hear about. All right, Matt, thank you for yeah, coming you on. Thanks, uh, Demetrius Nichols next.